everyone, and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to this year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rokrow. And today we have another episode for you in our Oscar Contender series. We will be going through a couple of categories, Best International Feature, Best Documentary Feature, and all three of the shorts categories, so live action, animated, and documentary. As I've mentioned multiple times before, I really loved all of the films from the shortlist, and then we can discuss all the nominees for really both international and documentary. I think they were both outstanding categories, especially this year. So I'm excited to talk about them and to see what you thought. Because did you watch a lot of them recently, or had you seen them prior? I had seen a couple. So the big ones that I think were getting early buzz, like Collective, which we've talked about a lot, and then Time, for example, which I know I've talked about as being one of my favorite films of last year. But some of them I just watched for the first time in this past week. I'm excited to dig into these, especially because I think with this long extended Oscar season, we've been talking about the same movies in different ways, just stretching it out over and over again. So I'm excited to talk about some new ones. It's too true. (laughs) And I don't know if I'm going crazy or if I'm starting to really, really love this group of films or it's the only thing I've been talking about for eight months. I really don't know. (laughs) That's totally how I feel too. I'm like, do I love this that much? Or in a couple of months, am I going to completely forget that this thing was nominated for like five or six Oscars? I've also gone through some identity crisis and have been changing up how I think about my letterboxed reviews. So I'm recategorizing what a four star review means. And really, this comes back to when Bennett was on and we talked about how Mm -hmm. his were the lowest group of best picture nominees that he's ever had and i'm like wait is a four too high then (laughs) so i have been struggling a lot (laughs) recently i feel like with letterboxd it can just be your own personal system like my letterbox for example the way that i rate isn't how i would rate a film if i was like writing for a major publication okay (laughs) um it's mostly like enjoyment level so i try not to take it too seriously but I will say I did give Godzilla versus Kong a very low rating. Okay. (laughs) At least we can agree on that. (laughs) It is definitely my lowest of the year and may stay there for the rest of the year. (laughs) And if we're really unlucky, we may have to talk about it when we do best visual effects next year. (laughs) You're absolutely right. And that was my star really was for the visual effects. Mine was like a star for Alexander Skarsgård when he had the beard and was in the sweater, a star for Kyle Chandler, and half a star. You gave it two and a half? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so back to Oscars talk, at least for this year. We mm-hmm. had a few of the guild ceremonies happen this past week. The Set Decorator Society of America and the Makeup and Hairstylist Guild. So for the set decorators, which we talked about last time, Mank won for Best Picture and for Period Film, Promising Young Woman won for Contemporary Film, Tenet won for Sci-Fi Fantasy Film, and then The Prom won for Comedy Musical. And I think Mank winning two here is a good sign that they are in the lead for production design, as we had talked about. But I'm happy that Promising Young Woman and Tenet were both here as well. 
I was excited about all of these too. Like Promising Young Woman was my write-in vote, so very excited about that. And of course, anytime we can get to talk about Tenet more, again, great. (laughs) And then we also got our winners from the Makeup and Hairstylist Guild. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom won two awards, period and or character makeup and period hairstyling and or character hairstyling. And then Pinocchio won special makeup effects and Birds of Prey also won two awards. But Birds of Prey is not nominated at the Oscars. So I think with these results, I definitely am considering Ma Rainey to be ahead of Hillbilly Elegy now, considering mm-hmm. its performance with the Guild. But I'm still hopeful for Pinocchio. I agree. I definitely think Ma Rainey's is the front runner now. So, But I am happy that Pinocchio showed up. Me too. Let's move on to our categories for today, starting with Best International Feature. A little bit of background here. So this category, last year it was changed from Best Foreign Language Film to Best International Feature. This award wasn't given out until 1956. And if you're thinking historically, so last year was huge because Parasite ended up winning here, in addition, of course, to winning in a bunch of other categories as well, but this category is typically pretty Eurocentric. The most awarded country is Italy. It's won 14, and France has the most nominations. And then we have Portugal with the most submissions. So I think, like like I said, very European, but I think the way that it's going, and Parasite last year really paved the way, I think, for films from countries that haven't been recognized here before, which is really exciting. If you want to learn more about Oscar history or just want to watch really outstanding films that have been nominated or that have won before, just go on Wikipedia or go on the Oscar site and look through all the nominees in this category because Mm -hmm. you will find some gems that you may have never heard of before might lead you down a rabbit hole with a brand new director And you don't even have to stick to winners. It definitely leans Eurocentric. And I think that speaks to the voting members and where they're located. And there was a lot of talk going into the season and how they changed the shortlist to 15 instead of 10 and how that might bump out some of those either smaller countries or countries that don't normally get nominated or even submit films a lot of the time. And I think this is kind of what we've seen this year is some of those countries got pushed aside for these bigger films, which we will talk Mm -hmm. about. I mean, you think of this category and you have almost 100 countries submitting films and narrowing that down. That's less than 10% even get a chance at becoming an Oscar nominee. And there's so many films from around the world that we don't see as Americans normally. They don't get released here, distributed. And it is some really amazing cinema. So among these five, we have a lot to talk about, but even from the ones that were on the shortlist that didn't get nominated, we had La Llorona from Guatemala, Night of the Kings from Ivory Coast, I'm No Longer Here from Mexico, Dear Comrades from Russia. There are so many films that were really good that just don't make it in. So long story short, I agree with what you said. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into our first nominee. So Quo Vadis Aida, which I'm very excited to talk with you about because mm-hmm. I know we haven't talked about it on the pod yet. This translates to Where Are You Going, Aida? This is the submission from Bosnia and Herzegovina. And for these, I know in the past we haven't given like IMDb descriptions for a lot of these movies because we have 
episodes dedicated to them, but we'll go through here and tell you a little bit more about these just in case you haven't heard about them or um, want to know a little bit more. Aida is a translator for the UN in the small town of Srebrenica. When the Serbian army takes over the town, her family is among the thousands of citizens looking for shelter in the UN camp. It was directed by Yasmila Zabanic, and it stars just giving a phenomenal lead performance, Jasna Duricic. She's incredible in this film. She deserved an Oscar nomination. I This know. was outstanding, and... Her performance alone makes this movie. Yeah. Let alone that it's an incredible film and deeply moving, but she is just the star. And yeah, I loved this one too. Her performance reminded me a lot of like Meryl in Sophie's Choice. It was mm-hmm. giving me shades of that. And I just mm-hmm. thought this year's group of Best Actress nominees is outstanding. It's one of the best we've had in years, I think. And we'll talk about them soon. But I mean... She definitely belonged there. I would love Mm -hmm. to have seen her get a nomination. This is nominated for a BAFTA for film non-English and also Best Director and is an Independent Spirit nominee. So we'll find out all of those pretty soon. Bosnia and Herzegovina last won this category in 2001 with No Man's Land. So it's been a while. So I know you touched on the performance, but what did you like about Quo Vadis Aida? So a lot of these international films... I really don't know about their subject matter, and that's one of the things I love most is that, especially from this, we learn about the Serbian genocide of these Bosnian and Herzegovinians in the 90s. Like, this is recent, and I think that is shocking, but learning about the history and the filmmaking, there's some great cinematography, some really long shots that focus on the people inside of this UN building or trying to get into the building or surrounding it. So I think all of those things just add to it being a really captivating film. One thing that I really find intriguing about this is usually when we get war films or films about genocide that are nominated for Oscars, they're very much from the point of view of the like soldiers as these heroes. They're not from the point of view of the civilians experiencing this and that is what's happening here and that's what makes it so much more heart-wrenching and Mm -hmm. more impactful as a film so i really love this one so if you want to go see this you can rent it on vod or it is playing in select theaters our next nominee is another round from denmark which is its 13th nominee the imdb description four friends all high school teachers test a theory that they will improve their lives by maintaining a constant level of alcohol in their blood. It's directed by Thomas Vinterberg, who is also nominated for Best Director. His film, The Hunt, was previously nominated in this category under the old title, Best Foreign Language Film, a few years ago. This season, it was nominated for Golden Globe. It's nominated for multiple BAFTAs in International Film, Best Director, Actor for Mads Mikkelsen, and Screenplay. And so far during this award season, it's been leading in critics' wins. We won't talk about how this compares to all the other films, but how did you feel about Another Round? So I really liked Another Round. I didn't love Another Round like as much as I would say I expected to based on the early praise. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big Mads Mikkelsen girl. Like I really like him. So Mm -hmm. I was happy to 
see him give, I think, a really thoughtful, nuanced performance. That being said, it's kind of surprising to me that it is winning everything. I think part of it is these characters are, for most audiences, people that you would root for or that are easy to relate to. And I think that the ending, I don't want to give anything away here because I really do think people should watch this, but I think the ending gives it that lift that people remember when Mm -hmm. they're watching, and that definitely helps with voting. The ending is definitely what the most talked about moment is in the movie, and I do Mm -hmm. agree that it's a great moment, but it doesn't elevate it to me to the point that I think it should be winning everything. I, I agree. I think it's a fine film. And it's made well. Thomas Vinterberg is a huge director. But I think compared to The Hunt, I think that is a better movie and better Mads Mikkelsen performance. It ended up losing in 2012 to The Great Beauty. Oh, We mentioned well, Italy earlier. so <laughs> I mean, that's a great sense. win. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely recommend if you haven't seen The Hunt to go check it out. It is on Hoopla, Tubi TV, and Voodoo for free. I recommend watching The Hunt, too. And this is on Hulu if you do want to watch it. Like we've said, I think we recommend this. It's just something that maybe we're not as hot on as a lot of the Mm -hmm. people who see it. And I think we are already starting to see a trend in these films being about a theme that people can relate to. And I think maybe that's where this ties in. But it Mm -hmm. also turns it on kind of a fun spin in a way Mm -hmm. where they're seeing if the study works or not and kind of like Quo Vadis Aida, you know something bad is coming and mm-hmm. you're just kind of waiting for that but you're along for the ride as well. I think too it's really interesting to consider the way that people in Denmark talk about alcohol compared to maybe U.S. drinking. That's something that I think we can again talk about more when we get to Best Director but I think what I like about this film is that it doesn't go for this issue in a black and white way. It leans into the gray area and I think that mm-hmm. that's something that you don't see a lot when you're seeing movies made about drinking. And most of the movies I will say that I've seen about drinking are very American or mm-hmm. like college types yeah. of movies. So I thought that this was a good twist on that. Mm-hmm. Our next film is Better Days. This is from Hong Kong. Description here, a bullied teenage girl forms an unlikely friendship with a mysterious young man who protects her from her assailants, all while she copes with the pressures of her final examinations. This was directed by Derek Sang. And just a little bit about Hong Kong. A Hong Kong submission has never won before in this category. The last submission to make the shortlist was The Grandmaster, which is by one of our favorites, Wong Kar Wai. What did you think of Better Days? I liked this movie. It has gotten some slack online from people saying maybe it shouldn't have made it or something else should have gotten in instead. But I think it was thrilling, entertaining. It talks about these very serious themes. And it's pretty dark. But I think for this being a young adult novel adaptation, I was really surprised and actually kind of felt that this could have been a true story. I think it's pretty relatable on some level, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed the relationship. What did you think about it? So this was the last one of the group that I had watched, and one, you could not pay me to go to high school again. Just no. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Um, 
And I think that the issues that it talks about, especially culturally, are really important. But I think that most of it felt a little heavy-handed to me. This movie mm-hmm. is over two hours, and it's just kind of like without a lot of nuance or complications to it. It was just like, okay, we're going to give you all of this action, just one thing after the next. And that's not my style of film that I really like as well, but I did like the performances at the center. I thought they had good chemistry. And Mm -hmm. I do think overall, like it is a good submission to the category, especially when we're thinking again about like issues that we might not think about all the time or that are really prevalent in different cultures. Something we can talk about later when we talk about Hong Kong's documentary short is because of the struggle the country has been having lately, they announced a few days ago that Hong Kong's big broadcaster won't be airing the Oscars this year Mm -hmm. because of the controversy with the short, but also with some quote Chloe Zhao had made years ago, slighting China, and China isn't happy. They had previously said that they are banning the Oscars, but the news that Hong Kong won't be too was a big downer. We'll definitely talk more about it when we get to documentary short, because that entry really aligns with (laughs) what they're angry about. And you can, if you want to watch Better Days, you can rent it now on Vudu. The next nominee is Collective from Romania. The description, the director, Alexander Nanau, follows a crack team of investigators at a Romanian newspaper as they try to uncover a vast healthcare fraud that enriched moguls and politicians and led to the deaths of innocent citizens. This is the second nominee ever to be nominated for International Feature and Best Documentary following Honeyland last year, who didn't win either award. I think we will get to this as well Mm -hmm. to see if there's potential for a collective or not. It is also nominated for Best Documentary at BAFTA, and then it won quite a few critics' awards, not as many as another round, but definitely up there. And surprisingly this is romania's first nominee ever the only other time that a romanian feature made a shortlist was beyond the hills in 2012 i know we've mentioned this i love this how do you feel about collective i love collective so when i first watched it i was beyond horrified and we're still obviously right now living through a horrific global pandemic but when I watched it, we were really, really in a bad place. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't help but compare the failures of the government, the fraud, the lying, the lack of care and humanity toward citizens, Mm -hmm. all for greed. I could not help but compare that to our situation with COVID. It was Mm -hmm. so timely and eerie and uncanny. And I think it's excellent. It's a heart pounder. I say it's kind of like a documentary version of Spotlight. Different subject matter, but I think Spotlight is also intense. And this is just nonstop. I think the team is amazing. What they find is only half of the thrill. And I think it takes you down a really dark path of what governments can do. I think we can make ties to this here in America as well. And the filmmakers did a really good job of bringing in all of these different perspectives and issues without making it feel chaotic and too messy. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think Spotlight's a great comparison. I also think this film, if you're maybe hesitant to watch 
a Romanian documentary about really tough subject matter. I think if you really like political thrillers, mm-hmm. so if you like something like All the President's Men or even like Michael Clayton, something like that, I think this is a really good watch. And you can watch it right now on Hulu. So our last nominee in the category is The Man Who Sold His Skin. This is Tunisia's submission. The IMDb description here, his own body turned into a living work of art and promptly exhibited in a museum. Sam, a Syrian refugee, will soon realize to have sold away more than just his skin. This was directed by Kalter Ben Hanya, and it's Tunisia's first ever nomination. No other Tunisian film has ever even appeared on the shortlist. So this is, I think, really exciting. We love seeing new countries on this list, especially Mm -hmm. I think ones who have had great submissions before, but haven't even been able to cross that first barrier of getting onto the short list. What did you think of The Man Who Sold His Skin? I liked it. There wasn't much press on this film. I think this is the -hmm. hardest to find. It's not streaming anywhere. It's not in theaters right now. I think it has a release planned, but it might even be after the Oscars. So I went in not knowing much and had a good time with it. I enjoyed the story, which is also based on a true story. It was inspired by the Belgian artist Wim Delvoye, whose living work Tim is still being exhibited in museums and virtually through the pandemic. This one deals with another big theme with a Syrian refugee mm-hmm. and again puts a fun twist on it. To me, this was like a more palatable The Square. From a few years ago. Not as satirical, but this like highbrow art world was very interesting. What did you think? I also didn't know much about it going in. And I feel like it's just such a compelling story. I thought it felt very contemporary. It was really well made. And I thought also that the cinematography was really beautiful. It's a really enjoyable watch. So I hope that you know, after the Oscars, once it's in theaters or on streaming, that people will seek this out. I really liked how it was framed. Mm -hmm. The beginning and the ending more so. And I won't say anything more than that. But Uh it's interesting how we learn about him and what he does with his body. And I really like what she did with it. So who would your write-in vote be? I would write in And Then We Danced, which is... Something I've talked about before on my Top Films of 2020 pod, and I think also in a wild for it. I think it's a beautiful story. I understand that it's not one the Academy would normally go for, but I think it's just as thrilling as any of these, and I really enjoyed watching it. What would your write-in vote be? My write-in vote would be one of my favorite films of last year that you recommended to me, I think, through Mm -hmm. like a wild for it or some type of segment that we did but it would be Baccarat out of Brazil this is such a wild ride of a film it's dark it's political Mm -hmm. it goes so deeply into so many different topics in such a way that you really don't realize Mm -hmm. what you're experiencing until it's all over at least that was my experience watching it it sticks with you for so long And it's just really bizarre. And I love weird submissions in this category. Yeah, it's one that, again, I went into not knowing much about. Only that it had been, I think, nominated at Cannes two years ago. And some really compelling acting again and storytelling. It's just 
something you really don't expect. And there are quite a few twists and turns, which I really love too. And one that I also would have loved to have seen here. So who do you think should win? I think that Quo Vadis Aida should win. This to me was just the best film of the group. It's the one of the five that I'm still thinking about. And that just completely wrecked me by the end. And it's about a topic and a character that we've seen in some ways recognized by the Academy, but not in this way Mm -hmm. and not on this level. And I think that this would be such a wonderful winner for this category. What about you? I also think Quavada Saida should win. This was a pretty easy decision for me. If you mention Best International Feature, this is the movie that first comes to mind. And then who do you think will win? So going back to Thomas Vinterberg's nomination, I think that is going to help push another round to win in this category. Do you agree? Yeah, I think too with the collection of BAFTA nominations, it has a really strong showing. And I think also anytime that another round has lost in this category, it's been to Minari. So like at the Golden Globes or at Critics' Choice, Mm -hmm. for example, and Minari isn't eligible here. So I do think another round will win. So our next category is Documentary Feature. Some background information. So with the shortlist that came out and then the five nominees, those were all chosen by the documentary branch. But then final voting is open to anyone in the Academy who's seen all five nominees. I think that could maybe affect who wins. And we can talk about that once we do our who should win, who will win. But our list of nominees here are Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. We discussed Collective before. I think I see this more as a documentary film than just an international feature. And it is a very strong documentary for the category. Do you have anything more to add about Collective here? So most of Collective's nominations have been in documentary type of categories, not as many in the international categories. And I think that that is just because as a documentary, it is so strong. And yes, it's obviously important that it's a Romanian film and that it's Romania's first Mm -hmm. nomination. But I think the way that the story is told, that's what you hang on to. And it's such just a strong work of documentary filmmaking. So our next nominee is Crip Camp. Description here, down the road from Woodstock, a revolution blossomed at a ramshackle summer camp for teenagers with disabilities transforming their lives and igniting a landmark movement. This was directed by James Lebrecht and Nicole Noonan. It won the Cinema Eye Award called The Unforgettables, so we'll mention that a few times. And it also won the Audience Award at Sundance in the documentary category Mm -hmm. when it premiered. I think a big thing, too, is that this was, and I know we've mentioned this on some of our predictions, but this was made by the Obama's production company, Higher Ground. What did you think of Crip Camp? I loved Crip Camp. I'm kind of just repeating myself this entire time because it's I okay. like a lot of these. <laughs> That's a good feeling to have, honestly. Maybe not a sentiment we always have here on the pod. <laughs> no. So I'm trying to find new ways to say that I really love something. But it was a very emotional piece. And again, something that I didn't really know about and learned a lot about the ADA and these people with disabilities and how they're discriminated 
in so many different ways. And I think that was so devastating to see, but also really empowering because they're fighting for their lives and for their rights. And to see that this came out of some summer camp, really, and has persisted for decades is a really powerful story. And I know you mentioned before that we didn't think this was going to get in because of how it's really a big compilation of archival footage. But how did you feel about Crip Camp? I really liked Crip Camp. I thought it was incredibly moving. I love a story about a group organizing. I think that is always very inspiring and empowering. And I love that this film really shows the power that comes when groups organize together Mm -hmm. and they have affinity spaces and they can work together to really build something Mm -hmm. meaningful and successful and i think that one of the like shining lights of the documentary too is that this isn't just even though this group has unity together it's not just this group of homogenous voices there are differences there um, that you can embrace and yeah i just i found it to be a very powerful documentary and yes we did talk about the archival footage now sometimes this group doesn't go for that but i think this one hits you right in the feels and they do i think anyone in the academy likes films like that and we will get to one very soon that also hits you in the heart (laughs) (laughs) and you can stream crip camp on netflix the next nominee is the mole agent which is about a private investigator in chile who hires someone to work as a mole at a retirement home where a client of his suspects the caretakers of elder abuse This was another winner of the Cinema Eye Unforgettables Award. To me, this is the most oddball pick of the bunch. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I really liked it, though. I'm just, I was kind of surprised that it was here. I just thought it was so cute. And Mm. I laughed. I cried. I think that elder abuse is a really important issue that a couple of films actually that came out in the past year discussed a little bit. The Father, I Care a Lot, which I don't really want to talk about. <laughs> but I think it's an important topic, and I think that this this film is so creative. And when it first started, I forgot I was watching a documentary. Mm-hmm. It felt very much like a narrative, comedy, caper mm-hmm. type of film. And I really liked that. The intro is pretty quick, and it really pulls you in. I was like, oh, I'm going to love this. I cannot wait. But I think that is the thing that throws you is it very much looks like a done up production. And it's kind of interesting to see them in the facility. But that's also one of the really funny moments is when they're filming the other people at the home and they're like, we're on TV. Like, what are they doing with this camera? It's really playful until it all hits you and it becomes very serious and a really gripping discussion of what is happening, what they think is happening, and what Sergio says about him being there, wanting to go home. I really didn't expect it to go there. And like you, I really liked this one. It's like this octogenarian James Bond playful film that is so unique. And I definitely recommend this. It's streaming on Hulu right now. It's a very easy watch. I agree. Highly recommend. Our next film is My Octopus Teacher, which 
we have talked about for so long. I feel like at this point, (laughs) we really have. So a description here. A filmmaker forges an unusual friendship with an octopus living in a South African kelp forest, learning as the animal shares the mysteries of her world. This was directed by Pippa Ehrlich and James Reed, and it was nominated for a BAFTA, an Ace Eddie Award, Cinema Audio Society Award, and it won the PGA in the documentary category, which is huge. Mm -hmm. So you've talked about My Octopus Teacher before quite a bit, I think. (laughs) But what do you think about it being here and having such a strong response? I'm still really shocked that it's here and that it is the front runner. I mean, no spoilers. We've been talking about this for a while. It's been doing way better than I would have ever expected, which is crazy. And I still don't think I understand why. I mean, it's emotional and it hits you. And again, it's this unique story of a man who really finds himself in the ocean and in this octopus that he forms a relationship with. I'm really wondering how many films people wanted this year that were tough to consume as far as like issues go. And I know we have some films here that we'll talk about today with short films too that are about really hard-hitting topics and subjects, but maybe mm-hmm. voters just wanted the the message of my octopus teacher at the end of the day. I'll save my thoughts on My Octopus Teacher a little bit more when we get to some predictions, but I did really like this. I expected not to like this, or at least for it to be too hard for me to finish. Uh, Same. But it really hit me. It hit me hard, and I cried a lot in this one. And I really, after this, like I will never eat octopus ever again. Yeah, again. I fully agree. There were a lot of movies this year that were really fighting for veganism and not mad about it. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I think the best part of this was seeing him be so vulnerable in this environment and in capturing the story and not intervening. This is another one that you can stream on Netflix, which I do recommend. It is one of the odder ones, but I think something that is pretty palatable despite being quite emotional throughout. Our final nominee is Time, which you mentioned on your top of 2020, right? Yeah, so it was just right outside my top five. So just to recap, it's about Fox Rich, who is fighting for the release of her husband, Rob, who is serving a 60-year sentence in prison. It's directed by Garrett Bradley and won a lot of awards. Another Cinema Eye Unforgettable Award winner. It's an Indie Spirit nominee. It won at the Los Angeles Film Critics Association. It was a huge critics darling, and it was a PGA nominee. I love time. So we talked about it on our best of 2020 episode, and I think that this is just a really hard-hitting, emotional, timely documentary. The subject at the center, she is so captivating and Mm -hmm. easy to watch, and you're just rooting for her the entire time. I think that the editing is really wonderful. The way that this film is put together and the way that it leads up to the ending, which really just knocked me out. It's a beautiful documentary, and I actually enjoyed all five of these. But this one, to me, is Mm -hmm. the standout of the year. Fox, as the central character, she really was an inspiring voice and really cathartic as we see the whole progression of what happens in the film and where she's come since she was a part of the initial act 
that Rob got put in jail for. And I also liked how they compiled the story using some archival footage, but also using present day and going back and forth and seeing how the imprisonment and social injustice has affected their family. And I think I cried during every single one of these nominees now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're all pretty rough, but in a good way. I think so, too. And you can stream Time on Amazon Prime if you haven't yet seen it. So what would your write-in vote be? My write-in vote, I know I've talked about before, was one of my favorite documentaries of the year. It's Dick Johnson is Dead. I love this movie so much. It made me think about documentary filmmaking in a different way. And I think especially in COVID, not being able to see my family like I usually do, it made me think about those moments like with my family even more. And I really just felt for this filmmaker capturing mm-hmm. these moments of her father. It's an excellent film. And if you want to watch it, it is on Netflix right now. What would your write and vote be? Mine is Boys State, which again, I've talked about before. It was on my top films of 2020. Truly devastating that this didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Some great cinema verite filmmaking, and you can currently watch it on Apple TV+. And we have a whole episode on Boy State. So when you finish watching Boy State, listen to our old episode on it, because we dive deep into who all of these subjects are, Mm -hmm. what the documentary meant for our present day, which was before the election when we recorded it. So we might have been feeling some type of way, but it's a great documentary to watch. Mm -hmm. And then who do you think should win? I think Collective should win. Like what I said before about seeing it as a documentary piece, I think this is the one that really hit me from the group. And like Quo Vada Saida, it's the one I think about first when I hear documentary of 2020. Who do you think should win? I think Time should win. I wouldn't be disappointed if Collective ended up winning, but mm-hmm. Time for me is what I think of when I think of the documentary of the year in the year that we had in 2020. I think that it addresses really, really crucial issues that we should all be thinking about. And the way that it's made is astonishing. So I would Mm -hmm. pick time. And who do you think will win at the Oscars? I think that we're going to be talking about my octopus teacher a little bit more. (laughs) And after that PGA win... After seeing it pop up everywhere when we doubted it, I feel like it's getting its Oscar. What do you think? I think it's definitely in the lead. And what I mentioned before about how anybody from the Academy can vote, I feel like this could play a part in maybe it not winning. I think it's either between My Octopus Teacher or Time. Not something I would have expected to be saying months ago, but... I think I want to see some of the other award ceremonies where it's nominated and the fallout of those before I make a final decision. That makes sense. And we mentioned this last time too, like these predictions could change. Like once we Mm -hmm. get to our final predictions episode, this is just kind of how I think we're feeling at the moment in considering these categories. So next we're going to go into the shorts and we're going to do these categories a little bit differently. So We're not going to explain what each short is about or who made it. We're just going to kind of go through rapid fire and give you who we think should win and who we think will win. All of these shorts are available to rent through your theater in like a virtual screening room. 
I just rented them through Landmark, um, so I could just watch them virtually. You can do that. If you are comfortable going to theaters, they're playing in some select theaters, and some of them, not all of them, are available on streaming, so like Disney Plus or YouTube even in some cases. So there are ways to watch Mm -hmm. them. Definitely watch them. I think this is always a fun part of my Oscar viewing experience is seeing what these shorts are all about. What do you think? Yeah, I don't want listeners to think that because maybe we're flying through these more than the other nominees so far that the shorts are less than anything else because they are not. I think some of these stories are just as compelling, but these are, I think, especially for those with short attention spans, which I can be sometimes when I'm viewing things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's fun to have this 15-minute story seeing these concentrated ideas and scripts, which can be harder to write sometimes in a shorter format. And they're told in so many different ways. I think you should totally see these if you can. And I know when I watched all of the documentary shortlisted short films, those were all free in some capacity on many different platforms. So I think a lot of them still are and highly recommend watching these. And what's cool is that the shorts categories have been around since the very beginning of Oscar history in some form or another. So they might not have been called like best live action short. They used to like back in the day have Oscars for short film with one reel, short film two reel. So it's really cool, I think, to go into the history. And again, a lot of times, too, these films are ways that filmmakers can show their chops to get funding for their feature films. Mm -hmm. So another important reason I think to watch these is to see upcoming talent. I think a big one in that respect is Whiplash, which was a short and then became a feature and did really well at the Oscars. So I think it is cool to think about how some of these are made and how these filmmakers, because of their work here, really flourish and get more opportunities. And I think that could even be the case for some of these that we'll talk about that I feel like could be made into feature length films. So our live action short nominees, we have Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Who do you think should win? I think Two Distant Strangers should win. Like Time, it's a really timely narrative and theme that we've seen throughout 2020. And it has this fun Groundhog's Day twist to it. And I liked that it was inventive. It wasn't perfect to me. But I think in what they were trying to do was really telling. And some of the cinematography had some really funny jabs if you caught on to what they were doing. So overall, I think this has potential to win at the Oscars. Do you have comments on Two Distant Strangers and or who do you think should win? Two Distant Strangers is my least favorite film I've watched in a long time. I found it to be incredibly exploitative. I felt that the violence was overdone and glib in a way that time was not. I had trouble making it through. I didn't love many of these, to be honest. My winner here would be White Eye. I think that this one, it was like a very tight short film and it told Mm -hmm. the story with really clever filmmaking. I thought it was executed really effectively and that's what I'm looking for in a short film. I appreciated the way that this That this story talked about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict in a way that showed a lot of care to it, in a way that I didn't feel Two Distant Strangers had for its subject matter. I really like the cinematography of White Eye. 
it was shot basically in one take, which was cool. And I think this is the most compelling of the bunch to me, too. And who do you think will win? I think Two Distant Strangers will win. It's Crash, right? Or Skin a few years ago, which one? That's It reminded me a lot mm-hmm. of that one. It's like, yeah. I can just totally see voters going for this. Mm-hmm. What about you? <laughs> I think it's between Two Distant Strangers and The Letter Room. Oh, I think dear. Oscar <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> I think that one, which I didn't love, was troubling to finish, might have a lot of appeal with Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. starring in it. Yeah. So next up, we have the animated shorts. Our nominees here are Burrow, Genius Loci, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Opera, and Yes People. Who do you think should win from this group? I think that Opera should win Best Picture. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, Opera should definitely win this category. What an amazing short film. I loved watching this. It felt like watching a live art installation. Like when you go into one of those Mm -hmm. rooms at MoMA and you're just having this full experience. That's what it felt like to me. I love it. I want everyone to watch it. I think it's so imaginative. What about you? My jaw was on the floor for the entire eight minutes, and I'm not sure I blinked the entire time. I wanted to rewatch it immediately after, and it is such an eye-catching masterpiece. Yeah. It's beautiful. The story it's telling is honestly genius. You know, the way it starts, the way it's told, where you look, it's just fascinating and such a simple idea that was executed perfectly. I totally agree. I think this should win. I don't think it will. Mm -hmm. So who do you think will win? I think it's going to go to If Anything Happens, I Love You, which is a much more moving tale in a way. Yes, also much more depressing. But also another one I did really like, but I think a lot of people are going to feel for this one. And I think American politics plays such a big part in the idea behind it and the problem that it's presenting. Who do you think will win? I agree. I also have If Anything Happens, I Love You. It's a short, beautiful little tale um, that is hard to watch. It's about grief. It's about love, trauma, and gun violence, which is a major issue in this country. In our final category, we have Documentary Short. Our nominees are Colette, A Concerto is a Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and A Love Song for Latasha. So who do you think should win? I absolutely loved Colette. I think Colette should win. I do think Do Not Split has some potential too. So this is the one we mentioned earlier that's about the Hong Kong protests that are happening. Truly devastating and I think a really great eyewitness account and view of what's happening on the front lines. Who do you think should win? Colette and Do Not Split were also my two favorites. I lean towards Do Not Split here for should win just because of the gripping way that it tells its story, right, of these protests mm-hmm. and getting right in on the action. And like the story that you mentioned before about how China, they're boycotting the Oscars, not showing them. And it's mainly because of this documentary short. So mm-hmm. everyone should definitely check this one out. And who do you think will win? I think that a love song for Latasha will win. This one, 
really hit me hard too. It is about the shooting of a 15 year old black girl in LA and Mm -hmm. just all about how that led to the civil rights uprising in the 90s. So I think it's a really impactful story. It's a compelling documentary and it hits you emotionally at the end. What do you think? I agree. I also think this will win. So this one's available on Netflix to watch. And it also incorporates some really interesting animation along with it, which I think is, to me, what pushes it even further. And this pick reminds me of OJ Made in America that won for documentary feature a few years ago. But a very timely subject matter that Mm -hmm. is really important. And it's a great short. So definitely check out all of these shorts if you can. We can post on Instagram and Twitter where you can find the shorts. So I think overall, these are some really fascinating Mm -hmm. categories with some of my favorite nominees overall. Yeah, I wish the films from these categories got more press and were thought about more or maybe included more in different categories. But some really, really great cinema and some of the best and most thrilling experiences I had with movies in 2020. Definitely. So next time on Oscar Wilde, we will have another installment of our Oscar Contender series. We'll be talking about all four acting categories. Now that we have the SAG winners, which is really exciting, we can talk about those and all of the performances that we have this year. Yeah, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a nail-biter till the very end which we've seen this entire season. So we are definitely going to have a lot to talk about. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. Stay safe and wear your masks. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe and wear your masks.